0: Hello and welcome to Interval, the Norwich Theatre Royal podcast. With a new episode releasing each month, this show will bring you exclusive news, views, interviews and behind-the-scenes content. We'll have the latest information for shows and events at Norwich Theatre Royal, Norwich Playhouse and our Learning and Participation Centre Stage 2. If you're interested in the performing arts in Norfolk, then this is the podcast for you. In this month's episode, the focus is on the epic production Les Miserables, which comes to Norwich Theatre Royal this spring. Together with the EDP's Stacia Briggs, we met some of the cast and took a look behind the scenes. I'll also give you a flavour of some of the other just-announced productions coming up in the weeks and months ahead. First off though, let's turn to Les Miserables. This epic story of love, loss and drama based on Victor Hugo's novel celebrates its 35th birthday this year and comes to Norwich Theatre Royal from March 4th for a five-week run. We got an early look at the production in Southampton and firstly caught up with Nick Greenshields, who plays Javert, the police inspector whose pursuit of Jean Valjean is at the core of the show. Seen by some as a baddie, Nick said his character can be a bit misunderstood.
1: I think people have their own take on the character. You know, a lot of people straight away describe him as a baddie, but he's a a protector of the law, that's how he sees it. You know, he started off as a... As a prison officer, he himself was born in a prison and found the right path in life. And he just sees the world in very much black and white terms. And, you know, he's a protector of the law and, in his eyes, Valjean is someone who breaks the law. And mm-hmm. he spends his whole life, as you know, trying to bring him to to justice and, and uh, chase him on this kind of cat-and-mouse chase. But, you know, he's, he's a kind of complex character and I've kind tr- I've tried to find other layers maybe that other actors haven't found before and a different take on it as, as most actors always like to put their own stamp on a, on a role but yeah i think uh, the reaction i've had from people that i've met after the show and and people i've spoken to have have actually felt quite sorry for him and have sort of maybe seen a different side to the character that they haven't seen in other productions um, it's just a different take on it so i've tried to make him more human Mm-hmm. And, and show a side especially there's a moment that I have with Gavroche in the show it's a very small moment but hopefully you see a a, a side of maybe Javert that isn't as kind of strong and as powerful as as, as I am in the, the, the start of the show you see a much more humble broken man and especially as it leads into Javert's suicide where I, I try to rid him of all his flaws and, and just put him at a point where I think you know any of us can end up in our, in our lives where we kind of lose sight and we're, we're confused with with decisions that we've made and and choices and the way that we've treated people and that has really fallen at his doorstep in the way that Javert-Jean has given him back his life and has let him go and um, and showed him compassion which is something that Javert has found very hard to find um, to be able to display that from Fontaine's arrest right through the show until that last moment and yeah, I mean it's a wonderful. I'm still finding things now. Like every every night, I've got Dean now. Dean Chisnell, who's playing Valjean. He um he's played a, the role in town, and we've been put together. And you know, there, there's just different different things that we sort of bounce off of each other at the moment that sort of push me in a different way, and I come off and I think, oh god, that was interesting. And um, yeah, it's all all exciting. But hopefully, that if anyone was coming to see the show, they wouldn't just think I was the elf right badly hmm. from the start, that they would see there is a human being and a, and a soul underneath all of the exterior.
0: The show itself is described as a musical phenomenon and this current tour is getting an amazing reaction around the country, although the nature of this reaction can vary.
1: It's nice to turn up at a new theatre, you get different reaction around the country to certain bits of the show. Like We went to Dublin, which was our second venue of the tour, and they treated the show like a rock concert from the, the first you know, um bit of music that was played in the orchestra, it, the place went wild, they were um, just up for it really, just excited that the show had come to their city, it had not been there for 20 years, wow. yeah. and so for it to return, you know, they, they were incredibly excited, and Killian, who was playing Valjean at the time, he um, he's from Ireland, so that made the show extra special for him and for them. But yeah, you do get different audiences across the, uh, up north they can be a bit more lively, I'd say, down south, maybe a little bit or more reserved it, yeah. and you know, and, and some like this theatre here at the Mayflower, they receive lots and lots of tours. So their their knowledge of, of touring shows is quite broad, but maybe we're going to hull to, to receive a show as big as, as Les Mis is a is a massive coup for that for that theatre and for that town. So I believe that it sold out very quickly and, and yeah. so people will be already have it on their pinboard in their kitchen with their tickets a year in well, advance. So it's they're a they're big camp, event yeah. and I think we should never as a cast, lose sight of that, just how, how important it is for those people coming to see. Although it might be our 400th show, it could be their first.
0: At the heart of the production's success has to be Cameron McIntosh, the theatrical impresario. And Nick is very clear about what makes the Cameron factor so successful.
1: Well, Cameron is the only producer who, who has a full say on casting on all of these shows, whereas most producers take a back seat and count box office receipts and Cameron is very hands-on creatively and just never gives up really on keeping his eye on a production and being very much involved and so yeah the nature of the process is you you see lots of people who have creative jobs resident directors associate directors musical directors before you're then put in front of Cameron. And, you know, you go to these final auditions and there could be 20 people sat on a panel. So it's incredibly frightening. But by that point, you just have to keep your cool and think you're in that room for a reason, which means that in their eyes, they think you're right for the job. But in Cameron's eyes, it comes down, you know, there's been many of my friends who have, you know, gone to that last stage and not ended up with a job for many reasons, you know. But Cameron, he, he knows what he wants and... They'll they'll do a production of this in Japan, and he will still get sent videos to watch, tapes of of prospective, you know, Valjean, Javert, and he will still choose, and and that's uh, that's probably the the key to why the show remains one of the top five musicals I'd say of, of my lifetime, because it's so loved and cared about it is
0: important though to spend some time relaxing off stage and Nick who's no stranger to the Theatre Royal stage is looking forward to his Norwich return yeah I've
1: definitely been there I can always remember from digs and things that I had when I visit a theatre so yeah I'm sure I've been there twice but um, very much looking forward to returning I loved it lovely city you know I've got friends that live in Ipswich so it was quite nice to sort of visit them and um, get out and explore the town it's very nice and I, only live, I live sort of East London so it's quite easy a like, train oh, nice, yeah. yeah, for an hour and a half to get home. Yeah, I think it's just lovely to visit our country Everywhere. because yeah. we get so used to just booking a holiday. People say, where are you going? You're going abroad. But actually, the beauty of touring is that you get to see just how much of a wonderful country we actually live in that yeah. you probably wouldn't get a chance to explore if you weren't in a show like we are where you can actually bed down for a few weeks or sometimes, you know, two months and really get to feel that you live in, in that particular city.
0: Nick Greenshields, who plays Javert in Les Miserables. Now, three new shows were added to our programme just before Christmas. In case you missed out on hearing the news, we can tell you that Sheila's Island comes to the Theatre Royal on June the 9th to the 13th. It's written by Tim Firth, who created smash hit shows, Calendar Girls, Kinky Boots and The Band. It tells the story of sheila denise julie and faye their team c in pennine mineral water limited's annual outward bound team building weekend in derwent water armed with an ordnance survey map a compass and a list of clues what could possibly go wrong the play will start sarah crow who previously appeared in calendar girls the musical with us back in early 2019 she's also starred in private lives weddings and a funeral and was one half of the duo with Suffolk-based Anne Bryson who gained a bit of a cult following thanks to those Philadelphia TV ads. More star casting set to be announced for that in the weeks ahead too. Also confirmed is a stage version of Enid Blyton's classic children's novel Mallory Towers. Running from June the 22nd to 27th, it's been adapted into a musical comedy for all ages by Emma Rice, whose imaginative version of Rebecca came to Norwich Theatre Royal back in 2015. Packed with high jinks, high drama and high spirits, the show's aimed at both children and those adults who still dream of midnight feasts and pillow fights. Meanwhile, legends and dark secrets come to the forefront in Dragons and Mythical Beasts on July the 10th to the 12th. It comes from the team behind Dinosaur World Live and this fantastic new interactive show for all the family. We'll see the audience come face to face with some of the most magnificent monsters and terrifying beasts ever walk the earth all the information about these shows is on our website now enough about mythical beasts let's go back to les miserables and catch up with felix moss who plays marius in the production he started off by chatting about his character's relationship with cosette and how important it is to the production
2: romance with cosette is uh, quite rare in musical theater in that it's very very innocent it's very naive we often talk about the whole idea that it's like a bambi situation like a deer in the headlights they both feel this shock and connection but it isn't present day romance where they're able to just go to a bar and talk to each other and romance each other it's very mm. it's very awkward and constrained by the time period and so it, in a sense the constraints put upon society, by society to them make it sweeter in a way because they have to work that much harder to overcome uh, the awkwardness that such a time would put it on but it's so nice working with someone like Charlie Burns who plays Gazette because she's um, she's wonderful she's so sweet and uh, it's it's a real joy to be able to play opposite someone that you enjoy working with.
0: For this show though the dedication of everyone involved with Les Miserables is second to none.
2: Like so many jobs in the world unless you unless you're intimately familiar with it it's almost impossible to comprehend just how much work goes into creating the products that you've paid money to see on stage. And every aspect of production from end to end, so, you know, crew, wigs and makeup, wardrobe, creative, cast, any form or aspect of the show has had hours and hours and hours of time and effort and sweat and tears into it. It's so fulfilling to finally bring it all together because there's nothing quite like a musical, especially like Les Mis, which is three hours of some really dark, intense subject matter. And it breaks your heart, but it also manages brilliantly to leave audience with a sense of hope and the idea that everything will be okay when tomorrow comes because a big aspect of the show is that all of the characters say, Tomorrow is when everything is going to be okay, and we spend the entire show moving forward in time. It's almost like tomorrow never comes. And then the final line of the entire show, when everyone is just standing there, says tomorrow comes, and that's it. And we have reached that great hopeful point where everyone is finally getting what they truly deserve.
0: There's no doubt Felix is really enjoying his time taking on the role of Marius. The latest part in a career which has seen his previous work range from Book of Mormon to Aspects of Love.
2: When I was younger, I did mainly uh, straight theatre or uh, some film and television. I've been acting since I was about 10 years old, I think. Yeah, it, it, it feels like a long time, yes. but of course, there's so much further to go. <laughs> yes. But late, I, I did Les Mis in town three years ago, uh, albeit a different version to the one I'm doing now, but it is brilliant to come back to it and I've been doing musical theatre for maybe six years I think since I did a show at the Union Theatre and then I went into Book of Mormon and it kind of snowballed from there but lame is, is li- like, like, like a comedy is um, it feeds off the audience in a way that many dramas don't necessarily do LayMiz really thrives off that connection it has with the people who who are watching it. The same way that in a comedy when you get people laughing at your jokes, you feel that sense of, oh it's going well. LayMiz feels that buzz, that connection, that energy of people being invested. You can hear all of the sniffles and the tears and the sad bits. You can hear people loving the Tanadios, you can hear gasps and shocks. Spoiler when Gavroche dies it's a completely astonishing thing to be part of.
0: Felix Moss who plays Marius in Les Miserables. Now our next Creative Matters season, which features the opportunity to explore issues creatively in a range of different genres and ways, is back in April. The focus will be personal journeys of loss and grieving. Presented in association with Rosedale Funeral Home, it will focus specifically on children and parents and how they deal with the aftermath of a death. Norwich Theatre Royal will host A Monster Calls from April the 21st to 25th which tells the story of 13-year-old Connor who is living with his mum after his dad moved to America. Unfortunately she's very ill and won't get better, and his grandmother keeps interfering in his life. One night a creature wakes up Connor to tell him a story which makes him realise he must face his deepest fears. This production, aimed at children and adults, is an adaptation of the best-selling novel which explores love loss and healing. The book gained incredible critical acclaim and awards for both children's literature and illustration. At Norwich Playhouse, Vamos Theatre bring Dead Good to the stage on April 1st. It features the story of Colin, who has a bit of a dicky heart, and Bob, who realises he's lucky to reach 70 because of his misspent youth. When Colin's GP gives him some bad news, the pair decide the only thing they can do is give the Grim Reaper a run for his money. Aiming to celebrate the spirit of not taking things lying down, this funny, wordless theatre show celebrates the unexpected joys of a jolly good death. April 1st will also see a mini-conference at Stage 2, which aims to examine why death remains a taboo for many and how everyone can be helped to face the inevitable. The panel will include Anne Beckett-Allen from Rosedale Funeral Home and former City Senior Coroner William Armstrong. It works with many organisations who support the bereaved, including Cruz, Nelson's Journey which assists young people dealing with grief, and the Suicide Prevention Partnership. There'll also be an Easter holiday programme of family events in stage 2 from April the 14th to 18th, which explores grief through workshops, activities and films. Plus, a performance of Bob, the title character who's a blob of light who suddenly disappears from the lives of two friends. Using groundbreaking interactive live projections, light manipulation, movement, and sound, it's performed on April the 18th by two Japanese movement artists who explore bereavement and loss in a plainful, accessible, and truthful way for young people. Norwich Theatre Royal will also host an exhibition throughout April called Unsaid by Life, Death, Whatever. James to encourage people to think about the words they didn't get the chance to say to those they've lost. More information's on our website, and we're hoping to feature more details on future editions of Interval. Now, let's head back to Southampton and find out more about Les Miserables. As well as the incredibly talented company, a huge team of people are helping to bring the story to life backstage. Stage manager James Lovett and company manager Sasha Lovett took me on stage for a very quick look. Minutes before curtain up.
3: Uh, essentially, it what we've got here. So um, at the moment we're in our preset, which is our um, convict ship mm-hmm. configuration. Um, we, we use uh, much like we've had with our previous CML visits. We've got uh, automated floor tracks, mm-hmm. and we've got automated sliders, and uh, and we but we've also got these staircase trucks here, which are actually manually pushed around, and we use these four stair trucks throughout the show to make different versions and different things and different scenes Um, and it's all very very well done actually a lot of the time you wouldn't even notice that they were the same same thing because these these treads here detach and can get moved around and like put onto here instead and um, so although these two start off as the as the ship they then are used again as later in the docks and we put rope dressing on them and make it look like we've moved to the docks Uh, and then when we go to Paris We've got some facias over in the corner there, but you can just, just see them being tied yeah, yeah. up. They're yeah, big, yeah. big things that just sit on the front, um, so it makes it look like you're in Paris streets. Um, and then at the interval, we just put a load of set dressing over them, um, bolt them together, and bolt the other two together. We've got four in total, and then they become the barricades that that get pushed down. It's yeah. Yeah. so stuff. It's, it's it's very clever. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we've also got a couple of others. There's a, there's another truck that we use to make tenardiers in, and then for storage we use quite a lot of uh, hanging space. As you've, walk, you've walked under a cart, that oh, as, no, like as, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. And, um, so that's our that's our runaway cart, uh, and then I'll take over the, to the other side. Actually, we've got more things hanging in the air over here. We've got another couple of trucks in the air up here, and then, uh, the Rue Plumet gates. There. So they go in a couple of sections that that gets brought down and put together because otherwise it takes up quite a lot it's of space. A space isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and um, and a, and a, and a door. Oh yes, as well. And, uh, we've got a similar setup on the other side, but we've got the sewer grate for the barricades on um, the other side. Yeah, on the other side, yeah. Uh, and then this one here is um, our fourth. When I said we've got four of these trucks, that's our fourth one in the air there, which we don't use in the first half. So that's already set up, ready for the barricades later. So we get that in at the interval. Um, then and then, yeah, and then we've just got lots of various tables and chairs, and I <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then obviously, then the rest of the of all <coughs> available stage space gets taken up with LX racks and um sound racks and wardrobe world, which is have you seen the quick change over there yeah. Have a look, yeah, so then we've got that, and then
0: how many crew have you got working on it just in terms of figures
3: or very roughly? So we've got so the touring side, yeah. myself south and the deputy and then we've got two ASMs, one each, one each side, there's a carpenter each side, there's an automation op, we've got two, uh, we've got an Alex board op, then we've got a stage Alex plot, and then we've got two backstage sound, one out front, plus four or five wardrobe, um, four wigs and that's just the touring lot and then we oh, use cool three local crew each <laughs> side we've got two flymen we use a local stage Alex and we have four follow spot operators and seven dresses oh so, yeah. <laughs> quick change in here yeah um, this isn't even all of it either because I we go throughout out this door even, yeah. even more. Oh my goodness. just If there's space, we'll fill it. Fill it out. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. Lay we yeah. will also see the welcome return to Norwich of Dean Chisnell, who's no stranger to our stage and whose portrayal of Jean Valjean straddles pure power and an enviable ability to portray vulnerability in the role.
4: Well, this is the reason that many, many, many of us do what we do, whether it be on stage, off stage, whether it be your job anybody else's job this is the reason I got into musical theatre I think this is the first show I ever heard I was a late developer as such because you know where I come from in Lancashire there's no opportunity to do anything there's no singing I'm just playing football and playing cricket so I think I was probably 14 15 and I knew I loved going to the theatre because i I've been to the theatre many times before but then I heard this show and simply by osmosis you you realize you'd heard it before but don't know where from and because all these world famous tunes are so so wonderful so and now here we are 25 years later or whatever it is sitting in, in the Mayflower Southampton coming to Norwich soon to, to be Jean Marjean in, in Les Mis bonkers what a role yeah what a privilege it's how I see it it's not a role it's a privilege to me and I've always thought of my work like that but with this one it is the ultimate privilege if you like you know it doesn't get any better there's no greater feeling no greater responsibility than than this one. The wonderful thing about being in Les Mis, even though it's nearly 35 years or is 35 years old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is you still get to come in and put your own take on it, but you never lose sight of what it is to do it. And those two are very different things but run parallel at the same time. So in half an hour or 40 minutes, whenever it is, that curtain goes up and the orchestra strike up, you are very much aware of the honour and the privilege and the, the history behind the last 35 years if you like.
0: For Dean it was a dream part one of the roles he'd always wanted to do and all the company can sense the emotion of the audience as they follow the story And um, you can hear it
4: yeah, and you can sense it. it not even you can audibly hear it but there's a moment there's, there's moments there's loads of moments in the show where you can sense it and that's the great thing about this show we're all in it together and even though the clues in the title, it is a very sad piece it's the most uplifting piece of musical theatre also because you get that you get that shared experience but for me it's it is a real physical role and it is exhausting physically but I feel wonderful when I come off but mentally it is a real drain because you can you know there are some shows there are some parts where you can to a certain extent fake it you can't fake this at no point can you fake it you have to be in it you have to tell the truth and it is such an emotional roller coaster, you know, to think from where he starts and where he finishes. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it as a whole thing, now, it will drive you crazy. Yeah. You go step by step and you live each moment mm-hmm. and I find that's the, the best way to portray it and to sure. tell the story.
0: The show itself is also a definite labour of love for Cameron Mackintosh and the dedication of the acclaimed producers, something that's very important to Dean and all the cast.
4: The one thing I can say with my hand on my heart is I've worked hard, but we all work hard and sometimes you don't get the result. That that he is the boss and he, he is so wonderful in, in what he brings to people's lives in the business because he creates and produces shows of the highest order and he won't allow anybody in them without his say-so yeah. and I find that that is absolutely sensational for a man who's been doing this for such a long time. And that's, that's because he cares. And there's, yeah. no, there's no greater privilege as an actor to know that your producer really cares to that extent. And it makes the payoff for all of us even greater.
0: Dean's no stranger to taking on a lead role in Norwich, playing Shrek in the first UK tour.
4: Wonderful job and a great experience. Yeah. And a great show. I sitting there for two hours every day is very, very hard. You know, you do learn skills when yeah. you go through a, a job like that because the hardest part of the Shrek job was the offstage bit. The onstage bit, as ever, is a total joy and a privilege to do, but the offstage bit of having to zone out, it was bloody hard. I'm oh. offstage and you, half oh, your chin's hanging off or your, yeah. your cheeks hanging off <laughs> and your makeup artist would press it and this fountain of water would squirt oh, out. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was grim. Yeah. It was grim. And when we came to Norwich, I remember it being extremely warm.
0: And that isn't his only Norwich role.
4: Well, I've done the Blood Brothers with Lynn Paul. We were yeah. only there a week. Um, and I love the city. It's got such a lovely vibe about it. But because you're always so busy, mm. you don't get a chance That's to do easy. very much. Yeah. No, but I with this one, we're there for a nice period. With, yeah, so I'm so. looking
0: forward to exploring. So there's no doubt he's looking forward to his return. Moving back to Les Miserables, what is Dean's must-see moment?
4: Everybody relates to Eponine for some I reason. You could, the thing about Les Miserables, I always, always sense this, always feel it when I watch it. And I've watched it so many times. If you closed your eyes and listened to it, you'd have it the most incredible time. Yeah. But when you listen to something like On My Own, for instance, you know, Frankie, our, our eponine, is just astonishing. And your heart bleeds and breaks for that, that girl. And, you know, everybody roots for her. She's the one that you, you always want to come out on top. So I think that moment really, On My Own,
0: is a beautiful, beautiful moment. Dean Chisnell, who stars in Les Miserables at Norwich Theatre Royal from March the 4th to April the 4th, And that's the end of our show this month. Thanks to Nick Greenshields, Felix Moss, James Lovett, Sasha Lovett, Dean Chisnell and all the Les Miserables company. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Soundcloud, Acast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let us know what you liked and what you want to hear in future episodes. And thank you very much for listening to Interval, the Norwich Theatre Royal podcast.